Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. This is this is Seth Cohen White Knight. This is Seth Cohen White Knight. It yeah. really is. This is Seth Cohen White Jewish Jester. <laughs> everyone, and welcome back to Talking Ship, brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network. I'm Megan Fitzgerald. And I'm Cabo Infante. And welcome to the redemption of Seth Cohen. <laughs> He's back! <laughs> there's a reason why there's so many BuzzFeed articles that say Seth Cohen is the best boyfriend ever. And while I wouldn't agree with that, I would... He gets there. He gets... He does redeem himself. For those of you who have been listening along, then you know that last episode we really laid into uh, Seth Cohen and good guys everywhere. Hashtag make them crawl. Make them crawl. And I'm not going to lie, this was a little bit personal. A lot personal. Yeah, we might have had a vendetta against certain people, but I don't regret it. I think it needed to happen. I feel cleansed. I do. I do too. And that's why I feel I was ready to go into this episode and accept Seth Cohen's growth. Because unlike a lot of the good guys and men everywhere, Seth Cohen does grow. Um, So this episode is all about his little quirks, their little quirks and little flaws, but mostly Seth's little quirks and little flaws and all of the issues they come across in their relationship and how they move through them. They are described in the show, and I think, you know, this is very relatable in our non-fictional lives, as people who are a couple even when they're not a couple. And that is a situation that I feel like could potentially be very toxic. And I think in the real world, we see it be very toxic all the time. Yep. Yep. Yeah. We all have that friend that keeps going back to the wrong person. And that friend is me. (laughs) I don't know. We all have friends. (laughs) But the reason that we do end up liking Seth and liking Seth and Summer is that they mostly do work through these flaws. And I would argue that those flaws wouldn't be so quirky if they did not work through them. But luckily, they do. And that is why we love Seth and Summer, because they do handle their issues. So this episode is all about said issues and how they worked through them and how we, we are um, working. We are currently working through them. (laughs) So, but in order to help all of us work through these issues together, we're going to go into relatable content. It gets better each time. So on this relatable content, we're talking about the Seth and Summer relationship problems. Do you want to take us away? Yeah, you might have a Seth and Summer relationship problem if you have trouble trusting your partner, like Seth in the Malpisode episode with Zach's postcard. You might have a Seth and Summer relationship problem if your partner has messed up big before and you still can't fully let your guard down around them. Understandable. Understandable. He got on a fucking little boat and tried to sail to Tahiti. You might have a Seth and Summer relationship problem if you are lying to your partner to keep from Quote, hurting their feelings when they really deserve honesty. I hate this. Yeah. I, men honestly feel like women's feelings like, were like little peaches when it comes to our I'm feelings. I'm just a Georgia peach. I'm just a Georgia peach. <laughs> if you look at me the wrong way, it's going to hurt my feelings. <laughs> we're fine. We're fine. We're fine until you don't tell us the truth. You might have a Seth and Summer relationship problem if you act one way with your partner when you're alone. 
and completely different when you're around people. Oh, my God. This happened to me in high school, but I feel like this still happens to people all the time. Yeah. You might have a Seth and Summer relationship problem if you have trouble identifying if what you want in the relationship is best for everyone or if it's simply what you want. Yeah, that's important. Seth and Seth's everywhere. Yeah, listen up, good guys. All right, so we're going to break down some of the big, I say, thematic issues of the Seth and Summer relationship and how they work through them. I'd say issue number one is insecurity within the relationship. This looks a lot of ways, but I think in the OC where we see it most obviously is right after, right when Seth and Summer start dating, right after Anna. They're both feeling insecure, and it looks a little different for both of them. Summer is not acknowledging Seth in public when they're at school. She's not acknowledging him. He's feeling insecure about that, and then she separately is feeling insecure, which is understandable coming right off of him dating Anna. He feels, she feels inadequate, like he's going not going to take her seriously, like he's going to leave her. So there's just a lot happening, and I think this is a really understandable in a lot of relationships, but I think especially in first big relationships for there to be insecurity because we're all still navigating how to be a human in a relationship. Um, But let's start with what I would argue is like the maybe more common thing and the maybe more damaging issue, and that's Summer not acknowledging Seth when they're in public and his insecurity about it. So let's talk about uh, what is the effect on Seth and the Seths that are ignored in the hallways. Yeah. um, As someone who's been a Seth in this, uh, (laughs) I would say it's embarrassing, uh, humiliating even. And it's mean. I mean, it makes Seth feel less than. Mm -hmm. But I would say it's also on him for letting her get away with it. Mm -hmm. I think Seth or anyone who's pined for someone for so long feels this sense of, oh, I can't believe this is actually happening. So he's afraid to rock the boat. However, it goes back to that idea of putting the person or the relationship on a pedestal, right. which will never actually work. Ultimately, if she thinks she can walk all over him, even if it's out of her own fear and insecurity, then she'll continue to do it. When It's like when someone will put you in limbo where they like you mm-hmm. but don't want to commit, and then they'll keep you there forever. <laughs> right. Because this is easy. Like, you know, it's easier to do that than to make... A kind of hard and fast move one way or the other. Exactly. There's no consequences in limbo. Yeah, there's no vulnerability in limbo. Mm -hmm. And we saw Seth do this originally with Summer and Anna, but it's ultimately up to the other person to have some self-worth and either establish boundaries as the girls previously did or lay your cards on the table and be vulnerable, which Seth ultimately does. And it is a goddamn moment. The coffee cart. It's so good. And I think it's empowering, even if the person rejects you, if you're doing this in real life, to Mm -hmm. be like, hey, I like you and I'm worth it. And if not, then all right, like, see you later. I don't want to be strung along anymore. Like, this was such a thing in high school and college, I think, with a not publicly acknowledging because social status felt like so much more of a thing. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it definitely still happens into adulthood, especially with someone treating you one way when you're alone. And then completely different when you're in public around people. And it's gaslighting and it's mean. But I think it is also on yourself to get out of the situation and not put up with it anymore. 25-year-old cat, okay? (laughs) (laughs) Don't do this anymore. We think of this as like a high school issue because 
you know, Seth isn't popular and she's like the cool high school girl who doesn't want to acknowledge the nerd. And we think of it as like, oh, this is a very high school problem, but it's not. And I think that this issue of the gaslightiness of it, of, oh, when we're alone, they're so great and they're so nice, but they never want to see me in person. This looks like every person that you're dating who won't actually take you out, who will just mm-hmm. like have you come straight over to their house, who won't introduce you to their friends, mm-hmm. who won't post anything on you about their social media, or the person that you're crushing on and you're talking to who's like a casual friend. When you're in a group, they won't acknowledge that you have your own special relationship, but oh, they, yeah. you know what I mean? But then yes. they will always, you're the person they are always texting. You're the person right. they like wait to go home with, that they take the subway with, that they call a car with like you're still secretly their number one they'll text you after the group hang right even though they don't acknowledge you in the group hang yeah exactly and be like to text you like some commentary about it like they still want to keep you as the person that they text at the end of the night but amongst all the people they won't like put their arm around you they won't sit next to you it's it still exists in adults and i think this all comes back to like we accept the treatment we think that we deserve Nobody deserves this. So I guess my advice would be like, stand up for yourself. Even if they're going through something or they're feeling insecure, you still don't deserve to be treated this way. And so Seth stands up for himself. And I think that's the move, even though he knows Summer is feeling insecure. So let's talk about Summer's insecurity and what she's going through. She has this conversation with Anna where she explains her insecurity. And it sounds a little like this. I just don't know why he likes me. I mean, he's way smarter, and we have, like, less than nothing in common. And he's just going to get bored with me, because pretty much all boys do. And if everybody knows we're dating, then everyone will know when he breaks up with me, which he will. Right. So this shows that she is scared. She, it's scary to be in a relationship. Yeah. Starting committing to anything publicly is scary because of the idea of it not working out. What will people think? This is also something that's so distinctly high school and college, but very much translates into adulthood. Mm -hmm. I think in high school, it's heightened and middle school and Mm -hmm. college, whatever. But we still have this persona of ourselves. Right. And especially now with social media, we literally curate what we want the world to think of us. And we're afraid of not living up to our image or status we've built of ourselves. So to quote my queen, uh, you should expect this by now. Yeah, I was going to say, like, where where's the Brene Brown quote? When's it coming? Yeah, yeah, we're getting it early. We're getting it <laughs> early this episode. Uh, this is the, my uh, BB quote about joy. She mm. says, joy is the most vulnerable emotion we experience. And if you cannot tolerate joy, what you do is start dress rehearsing tragedy. Yeah. Which is what we hear Summer just do. And this translates to relationships all the time when it's that feeling of constantly waiting for the other shoe to drop. Right. But also exists in other parts of life. Like when things are going well in career or like, you know, I'll do a good stand up set and I'm like, well, fuck, now I have to live up to that. Right. The good news for me is that I already peaked in sixth grade (laughs) when I won the Woodward Way Award, which is a golden eagle statue they give at the end of the year saying that you are the best student in the school. So it's uh, pretty much been all downhill from there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I won I won a humanitarian award in high school. Oh, that's and, big. Yeah, it was the it's Dot just... Schmidt Award. And uh, <laughs> my 10-year reunion's coming up, and I think everyone's going to expect me to be a humanitarian. But in fact, I'm just a podcaster. I also think for summer, there's a fear that comes with 
um, what will happen if I really try, if I really get vulnerable? Because if they went through the vulnerability of like really going all out in anything, in relationships, in career, in personal things, etc., then if they fail, it hurts even more because they gave it their all. Right. There's not that excuse of, well, I was like only half in. Yeah, exactly. And, and so we see this with Summer because she's dated people before. She's just never really cared as much as she does with Seth. And I think that's why the Seth relationship scares her and why we all get scared when it's a really big relationship that we actually give a fuck about. But we all have the friend, have the friend that like dates a bunch of people casually and like, quote unquote, doesn't care about any of these people. But eventually, this person always meets somebody that they eventually do care about, and they start acting like a crazy person Mm -hmm. because they're so used to having the power and control in a relationship. And when you really care about someone, when your heart's involved, you you are out of control. Nothing is ever solved by one gesture, but on television, sometimes... (laughs) Sometimes it is. It is, or it's at least highlighted by one gesture. So I think in this situation, this like insecurity, what solves it is the coffee cart moment, which is, of course, an iconic OC moment, iconic Seth and Summer. Let's, we'll just, we're going to play this little speech of Seth getting up, interrupting the kissing booth, which Summer is participating in by standing on this coffee cart and saying the following to the the, uh, student body. Let's talk up here. Oh my God, no. Summer, I know you're scared. Yeah, of you. You kiss all these other guys, but you won't kiss me. Acknowledge me now or lose me forever. Wait, you're dating this emo geek? Yes, Brad, she's dating this emo geek. Yeah, that's right. Um, I'm a big dork and I listen to emo and I'm dating her. Why are you doing this? Because somewhere I like you this much. And if you don't feel the same way about me, then... Someone's gonna have to give me a hand down because it's really high up here and I could fall and that would be embarrassing. More embarrassing. And then the kissing is great. Are you crying? Because <laughs> I uh, have tears streaming down my face right now this is the seth that we need to see all the time mm-hmm. he's showing up and he's being vulnerable in a brave way not in a selfish pathetic way. yeah 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 exactly Good you talked about this in an, an earlier episode but it's not about himself in this moment right he is making a declaration to summer and putting himself out there and embarrassing himself because he knows that she needs that validation it shows him taking himself summer and the relationship seriously And it's incredibly genuine and organic and has once again ruined all of my romantic expectations for men. Right. This is why I'm pro grand gesture because it can provide this when somebody needs security, when that is what they need, then a grand gesture can be great. Why I think this moment also works is that they were both feeling insecure in different ways. So something needed to change. And I think he took the lead on it. And this scene, this gesture kind of kills two birds with one stone because he's publicly acknowledging her and saying, I am here. I am not leaving. And don't worry, you still have all the power and control in a relationship because here I am making a fool of myself for you. And he also puts his foot down by saying, acknowledge me now or lose me forever. Because he was also saying to her, like, I'm not going to, if I'm going to take you this seriously, you also have to take me this seriously. Right. And I think that that is some healthy boundary settings that I am impressed that we see at a young age. Yeah, hot. Hot, sexy boundaries. (laughs) So how do you feel like you can, when the issue is insecurity, how can we have our own coffee cart moments and publicly show up to somebody for somebody or 
stand up for ourselves in our non-fictional lives. Yeah, showing up publicly for your person, I mm-hmm. think, is huge. Once you like someone, and obviously once you're in a relationship, invite them to hang out with your friends. Yes. Open up your world to them. You know, pay the $15 to go see their UCB grad show. If you do that, automat- it like automatically puts you in the rank of like their roommate and their mom because everyone else will fake that they're busy and not show up. So that's huge. Yeah, that's like <laughs> driving them to the airport. Status. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? Laugh. It's going to suck, but like... Just, just give them a chuckle. Give them a chuckle. You've faked a laugh for less funny before in your life. Yeah, if you can fake an orgasm, ladies, you can. Uh... <laughs> you can fake a laugh at a UCB grad show. <laughs> I think learning somebody's love languages is, is so important specifically when it comes to dealing with insecurity. Also because my theory about love languages is that they are a direct result of your last relationship. So if you were insecure about acts of service because you didn't get enough in your last relationship that's going to be your love language if you're insecure about worlds of affirmation especially like physical touch like people who get um who get insecure because their partner won't like hold their hand or put their arm around them whatever it is learn your partner's love language and 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 to do it and to perform it the other thing I think we'll say in terms of the like drawing the line of what you deserve in a relationship, the like acknowledge me now or lose me forever is obviously relationships all operate on different timelines. So give a new relationship time and space to develop without the pressure. But I think if it gets to the point where you've been dating for a while and someone is privately telling you how committed they are, but not acting like it publicly, it gets to a point where like now they're fucking with you. A non, a casual coffee cart moment can look like CCM, if you will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. CCM uh, can look like, hey, my friend's having a birthday party this weekend. She'd love to meet you. And if you don't want to be there, I understand. But then I think in that case, we need to reconsider some expectations of what the relationship is. Power move. Power move. Reconsider some expectations. Uh, yeah. See, this is this is the humanitarian work. Yeah, exactly. That Dot would be so proud <laughs> of. Thanks, Dutchman. <laughs> yeah. Or it could be if you don't come to my UCB grad show, we're done. That's, threats are the only thing that would get me to an improv show these days. <laughs> Issue two is self-involvement. <laughs> And us as uh, frequent podcasters and podcast guests, uh, we we know a little something about that. We do. Um, we talked a lot about self-involvement last episode because I think it is a classic good guy issue. Mm-hmm. But it is one of the things that I think Seth improves upon the most, especially I'd argue that this is the whole arc of the first half of season two. When he comes back, he goes straight into trying to win her back. He tries to fix it by having a coffee cart 2.0 moment at the carnival and getting on the hot dog stand. And it was all about him. She's right. He's not listening to what she actually needs. And this is the danger with grand gestures because when it's not in response to when it's presentational, when it's this looks good or this worked last time, so I'm just going to do this. And it's not this genuine act that is in direct response to your partner's needs then it's not the answer and i'm glad they showed it going poorly because that's realistic yeah it's not of the moment right yeah because i feel like a lot of times a guy or a girl will fuck up and then he can't handle that he fucks up yep so he tries to make it better by recreating a moment Mm -hmm. rather than letting summer have her experience and feelings 
the uh, don't be mad of it all <laughs> sends a chill down my spine. It is one of my least favorite things I've ever been told in my entire life. <laughs> the discomfort of letting Summer find her way back to him is just too much for Seth. Right. But he's got to give up this control of everyone liking him and learn to sit in the mess he's created. And I also think in the like, don't be mad, da, 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 there's also something of this thought process I think they go through of, oh, I, I did one thing right. So did I fix it? Do I get a cookie? And right. and we also see this presentational, I'm doing better when he gets her the, he's like, I'm not, I'm going to be less selfish. I'm going to do things about you. Here, look, I got these concert tickets for you and Zach. And then she says one nice thing. She She gives him one like, Thank you. That was actually really sweet. And then he tries to kiss her. And it's like, not the moment. Not the moment. He is not reading where she's at and what she needs because she's obviously like in her head. She's having some feelings about Zach. She's in a funky mood. He's only thinking about what he wants in the moment. And what he wants is her back. But that's not where she's at. And I think this happens all the time. Sometimes it looks like thinking with your dick. Sometimes it looks like I can't have this person mad at me for too long. They can't be in the the discomfort for too long. So they start acting like a fucking crazy person. Right. Or they just like want things to go back to the way they were. Yeah, that's a huge one. I just want things to go back to the way they were. Well, the way they were was when we were dating. You know, like when you were like a a decent human to me. Right. Another thing that I think self-involvement looks like and we kind of let into this is the like obsessing about your new relationship with somebody else or getting crazy jealous over a new person. And we see Seth do this with Zach basically all of season two. Right. He's like doing this waffling between realizing, oh, Zach is kind of this upgraded version of me. And also Zach is boring and maybe not that great of a guy after all. Which he's not. Which he's not. Which I love when he admits that. He's like, Dude, Seth, wake up. I'm a water polo. We're never good guys. Yeah, Seth can have this this indecision, but it's not up to him to decide who Zach is. Right. It's up to Summer. I also, okay, just like a side, I don't believe that Seth and Zach would be this good of friends. No! It's The reason I think they are, I think, is what we're going to talk about at the end, where I think Seth is so desperate to make this friendship work so that he can keep Summer in his life. Um, but then the San Diego of it all, and yeah. the obsessing over Italy and not knowing whether to fight for her or let her go. He does this whole waffling for most of season two rather than taking a stance either way. Right. And that's what we talked about last episode with the like, did you come here to advance the plot? We see this in all the time of guys who will like make passive aggressive comments about us with other dudes, but not actually do anything about it. Yeah. And that just, again, that's you being in your feel. That's being self-involved. That's you being in your feelings about it whining about it, pouting about it, like wanting to live out the narrative of being this hero. And instead of being like, well, what she needs is me to either give her the space to be with this person or for me to fight for her. Right. But instead, you do neither. But luckily for Summer, Seth does really move through his self-involvement. So let's talk about how he improves and how we can all, you know, go from a state of thinking of what's best for me to a place of what's best for us in the relationship. And I think for me, the big thing is that he learns to actively be selfless. What does end up winning her over in the end and leads to the famous Spider-Man kiss isn't winning him over, her over with grand gestures. It's not him being possessive or him 
charming her with all his Seth isms. It's not even it's not even the grand gesture of him, you know, calling before she leaves and saying, like, I love you. Just come over. It's not the boat he buys. The thing that ends up making her leave the airport and choosing him over Zach is the message where he's like, I just want you to have a good time. And I think two things happen in this moment. He's learning to act- actively be selfless. And I think he's also, this is about to get a little cheesy, he's act also actively learning like, oh, that's what true love is. Like, that's what actually being in love with somebody is. When you love someone so much that even when their happiness doesn't benefit you, it's what you want for them. I think he learns that in that moment. And I think she feels that in that moment. And, and so she leaves the airport. Yeah, it was like all of these moments in the airport were making her, which we don't see it, but mm-hmm. Zach alludes to it when he's like, honestly, I didn't think you'd make it this far. Right, right. And in that moment, I do love Zach. But I think, yeah, that's the moment, mm-hmm. the combination of seeing the little the little, little kid, kid with, the horse. with the horse <laughs> and then hearing the honesty in his voice yeah. of, yeah, I will let you go. Right. Because I, I, if this is what you really want, and then she's like, oh, wait, this is not what I really want. Right. And I think it's a good look. Like, you guys don't get your hopes up. It's probably not going to always end in with a Spider-Man kiss for all of us. But I think it's a good lesson of if you love something, let it go. And if, if it is meant to be, they will come back. And if they don't, it just wasn't supposed to be your person. It is a win-win situation. Yeah. Yeah. Like, these things are cliches for a reason. Exactly. <laughs> Speaking of cheesy. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Talk about, I mean, probably one of the greatest television kisses of all time is the yeah. Spider-Man kiss. I think they won an MTV Movie Award. Did I? I'm or sure that they did. Yeah. How and by I not? think I mean, yeah, I'm positive. <laughs> um, I remember this vividly. Uh, yeah, this kiss is perfect. Starting from her spotting the kid playing with yeah. the horse in the airport to, to Zach ushering her off. The, the music, again, in this show <laughs> is so good. Champagne Supernova. Champagne Supernova. It's perfect. Mm-hmm. It is chef's kiss. The The whole thing, it's very meta. It's in the goddamn rain, which is every girl's fantasy. Yeah, right. It, and it's controlled by Summer, which is, I love so much. I, I do like her that. return of the Grand Jester. Mm-hmm. I love Seth as the damsel in distress. Very appropriate for who they are. I, exactly. And also, I mean, can we just take a, just take a tiny moment for a... Adam Brody's hands. The hands. He is grabbing her her face. They're yep. they're big and they're masculine. Yeah. And it's anyone who who knows me knows I love a man with big hands. I love a surprising masculine hand. Too. Yes. It's, that's that's so true. It's never from who hands, you're expecting to to be from. Yeah. This guy that I studied abroad with, one of the nerdiest people I've ever met. We all thought he was an alien. Turns out he was just homeschooled. But there you go. <laughs> Which makes so much sense. But we hooked up one time and I was like, wow, where did these hands come from? These mask hands. These mask hands. (laughs) I feel like all of the OC, I feel like Josh Schwartz sat down and was like, how do I justify recreating a Spider-Man kiss for this character? And like he spent a season and a half. Yep building to this moment and he and he laid it in very nicely build set that's a comic mm-hmm. book nerd the rain was a huge part of that episode mm-hmm. they justified him getting up on the roof and i appreciate this as someone who thoroughly 
planned and orchestrated my own first kiss. Um, I did, in fact, arrange the location, the time. I costume designed it, lightly scripted it. So I have to say I have nothing but respect for a highly orchestrated over-the-top kiss. (laughs) Okay, the third thing I think we want to talk about is trust. This is a big one because I think it is one of not trusting Seth is what makes Summer wary of the relationship for so long. But trust is like a big, I feel like, buzzword in relationships and not breaching trust in a relationship can look a lot of different ways for everybody. And it does look a lot of ways for Seth and Summer. Um, So let's just go kind of briefly through some of the ways that trust can be broken in a relationship um, and what it looks like for Seth and Summer. The first one I feel like you brought up in the you might be in the uh, relatable content, and that's not trusting them especially when it has to do with an ex right the zach postcard mm-hmm. <clears throat> that seth sees in the mall episode and it's like seth your girlfriend just left zach at the airport for you right who cares if he's confessing his love in the postcard or not she's sleeping in a mall tent with you she chose you and and that's one of the things that like still gives me a little a little bit of a hang up for not necessarily seth but all of the guys that we the like good guysness of all oh, my little neuroses are so cute right. that we see in the non-fictional world a lot where we're like oh it's so cute how you obsess over this because obsessive worry can very easily build to jealousy can very easily build to obsession and then possession and that was a lot of the feedback we got when we were kind of like crowdsourcing for our good guy episode is that people being like These little neuroses actually build into something really dangerous really fast. It doesn't happen here only because Summer is the queen of communication. And she's like, here's the letter. Look, nothing happened. And Seth is able to, like, let it go. Right, right. My ex-boyfriend one time thought I asked this guy who was a couple years older from my college to get coffee because he was further along in his career. And he was like, well, now he's going to think you want to fuck him. (laughs) And I was like. And what? That's a crazy way to think of it. Assuming the worst of your partner and assuming the worst of a situation can get really dangerous really fast. Yeah, it's really controlling. Yes. And Seth then further loses her trust because, again, and we talked about this a lot before, he cannot set clear boundaries with women and... And I, if I was Summer, I would also have trouble trusting him because he continues to find himself in this situation where he's licking whipped cream off of somebody or is like having private diner meals with Reed. Right. It's just like there's no reason for you to lick whipped cream off a spring breaker, even no. if she needs money for college. <laughs> like You don't owe this chick anything, Seth. Also, let Zach have Reed. Also, yeah, you're both 17, so it's illegal for her to date either one of you anyway. Yeah, she's wild. Like, now, because now I've really watched all the read scenes like twice. I'm like, this is wildly inappropriate for yeah. you to like be manipulating these 17 year old boys, be manip- manipulating Summer. Right. Like, if I had gone to Silver Lake before I was 18 years old, yeah, I don't know that I would have recovered. You know, if you're a straight guy, I'm not saying you can't have female friends in your life, but I think you always know when it feels weird and off, Mm -hmm. like there's some ulterior motives because we see this happen with Sandy and Kirsten too. Mm -hmm. Like we see that Rachel character come in and we see his ex come in and the guy she goes to the winery with, it's on you to set the boundary. When you're getting that kind of attention from someone else, it's either because they're providing you something that you're not getting from your partner, which is very dangerous because that could lead to 
cheating. Right. But I think what's more likely, and I think the issue with Seth is he just like can't let go of the attention he gets from hot whipped cream girl and from Reed. And then I think the big trust issue that happens for Summer and I think happens for a lot of us is trusting that th- your partner will put you first, that will prioritize you in the moments where it really counts. And we see Seth not do this again and again and again when it comes to Atomic County. Yes. And, uh, and just continually putting that first, like prioritizing the comic book, the graphic novel over Summer, taking her to this terrible party and not wanting to leave even when she's uncomfortable yeah that episode really stressed me out and it really made me angry because also it's it is somewhat on zach oh yeah for trying to sabotage the relationship because seth does try to show up for summer Mm -hmm. he does try to get things rolling and leave and gives her death cab tickets even if yeah and in in from the beginning when zach's kind of like i don't know maybe we should like tell her about it he's like i can't lie to her so there we see some some growth totally yeah and we see uh the downfall of zach Mm -hmm. and his true colors yeah i I think zach fully comes back from italy as a villain (laughs) i fully support that thesis. i think in general if you're always wondering if you're insecure about if someone's going to show up for you or show up for the new shiny thing that's walked into their life, then you've got no like safety and security in the relationship. You can't trust the relationship. And then it's we're going to go into a, a large um, boat metaphor here because um, it is a ship. Um, so if you're for this, yeah, <laughs> everyone listen up. You're uh, you're standing on a deck. If you want to stand on some even footing to communicate honestly. You can't do that if you're always worried that they're going to start driving that boat and that the deck's going to rock. And I feel like she can't trust that at the end of the day, he's going to choose her. I think it is understandable that someone in your field is like, wow, you're amazing Mm -hmm. and they're hot like that. That's understandable that that's going to excite. Yeah. Yeah. But he just doesn't need to act upon it. Learn how to have Reed in your life without having private meetings with Reed. Part of me was like, this is a huge opportunity for Seth. He's 17. Right. Someone wants to make his comic. Like, I don't think he should have chosen his high school girlfriend over the opportunity of a lifetime. Right. But you have to be able to provide enough security for the relationship you're in that just because, and we see this happen as adults too, as people's careers start Mm -hmm. to take off you need to strike a balance between knowing that your existing relationships are solid and making sure they are taken care of so that they are understanding of when you have to take new opportunities and spend time with other people. Right, right. You know, (laughs) anchor your boat. Megan just put her arms out like she was in Titanic. (laughs) And I helped her fly. Wait, stop. Don't get on the plane. I have something to say to you. I have an advertisement to read to you. Did you like that? That was my romantic comedy spin on the reading and advertisement. Everyone, we're not bored in the house and in the house bored anymore. We're all short on time. We all need products that work quickly and work effectively. And that's why we're talking about Plexiderm. It is a very fast acting, wrinkle reducing serum. It visibly reduces fine lines and under eye bags and the results of it will last for hours. So slap it on your face and then go win your person back. You can try a six 
application trial pack for just $14.95 with free shipping when you visit triplexiderm.com and use the code believe. Again, that's triplexiderm.com and use the code believe, B-L-E-A-V, at checkout. Okay, back to the show. Let's talk about how Seth and Summer work through these trust issues and how we can all learn from it. For me, I think it's twofold. I think one of the biggest things for Seth overall, but specifically, I think something that helps you trust somebody a little bit more is that learning to admit when you're wrong. By the time he the whipped cream thing happens, when he sees her again, he knows. He knows mm-hmm. he fucked up. He's not trying to like good guy it and be like, oh, that's so crazy that that happened. He doesn't try to make a lot of excuses for it. He goes into it ready to apologize. Yeah, and he was going to bring it up even if yeah. she hadn't have seen it. Yeah, he just shouldn't have done it. But at Correct. least he has grown in that he knows when he's wrong and he's ready to apologize. Because some people are never ready to apologize. And even when they do, they still don't take accountability. Mm -mm. (laughs) I'm so sorry that this happened. (laughs) I'm sorry that uh, when I did this, you felt this way. Exactly. (laughs) I hate everything. (laughs) Uh, The second thing is that he finally prioritizes her. And over the thing, the wedge that kept testing them again and again and again. And I think so many couples have a sticking point in their relationship, whether it's a person like an ex or a sexy friend. (laughs) I hope I'm somebody's sexy friend. I think you are. And you have the opportunity to sacrifice even a little bit of that thing for your partner. I think that really goes miles when this thing is the sticking point of a relationship. Yeah, 100% agree with both of those things. The Seth making more of an effort when he messes up being more direct with his feelings, you know, and sharing how he wanted Summer to be part of the graphic novel world and getting her the tickets to Death Cab. And then the prom moment is Mm -hmm. the ultimate sacrifice because even though it took him a little while to get there, he does give up dinner with George Lucas. Huge. Yeah. (laughs) Very big. Which, like, looking back, I was like, how did George Lucas know about the OC? (laughs) Because I think that's really George Lucas. It is. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, the prom moment is really what seals the deal. And I think it's for a couple reasons. A, it's what we just said, choosing her over George Lucas. (laughs) He comes back. She's being made prom queen. And then he rushes the stage and again gives a, a great classic Seth Cohen speech. I think you should step down. You're not the prom king. Okay. I know I'm not who you all imagined as prom king. Seen as how... I'm not who any of you actually voted for, but she's the queen, and I love her. So I guess that that makes me king. No, I'm just a guy standing next to you. You're the queen, all right? I'm the jester, perhaps, if that works. So let me ask you this, your highness. What can I do to make it up to you? Well, you... Uh, Well, (laughs) you can start by dancing with me. It's not a public declaration for the sake of being a public declaration. It's you can trust me to show up when you need me to show up the most. And I don't need any of the credit. I don't need to be the king. I will be the gesture if I need to. I'm making this all about you. And I think that completes this nice arc of learning to be less self-involved, of learning to be trustworthy The uh, that Seth Cohen has been working through for so long and that I hope more 
people out there can learn. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. The prom speech is definitely the coffee cart moment of season two. Mm-hmm. It makes up for him fucking up the coffee cart moment at the beginning of the season. Yeah. Yeah. This is this is Seth Cohen White Knight. This is Seth Cohen White Knight. It yeah. really is. This is Seth Cohen White Jewish Jester. <laughs> Which we're so here for. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, they play Motherfucking Fix You. Oh, there we go. <laughs> again with the music. Can't have an wow. 04 moment without Coldplay. <laughs> really can. Uh, it's authentic. And you're right. It's for her. It's not for him. Mm-hmm. And that's the tricky part about words of affirmation. But I feel like we get to see so clearly in Seth when he means it versus mm-hmm. when they're empty. Yeah. And same with the showing up when it's self-involved versus this time when it is more selfless yeah which is not always as distinguishable outside of a fox drama (laughs) right but very important nonetheless this is gonna seem dumb for a moment but there's this moment in ready for it frozen (laughs) 2 where you know anna Kristen bell's like saving the kingdom or whatever and Kristoff shows up and he's like i'm here for you what do you need and mm, I think that's such hot. a hot, yeah. sexy, ask me what I need, because I think mm-hmm. that's such a great lesson. And Seth does the same thing here in, um, you know, the fight against toxic masculinity mm-hmm. in being like, I don't need to be your in being the jester. He is the knight, but he doesn't need to be the knight. You know what I mean? He doesn't right. need the credit for being the knight. He doesn't need the credit for saving the damsel. Exactly. It's kind of like you are my priority and I However you need support, you let me know, I will do it. And I think that's a really great example of how to be a modern, uh, how to be a modern man in in a relationship. The beta is the alpha Mm -hmm. by being the beta. Right. As as, stoned as that sounds. And the last thing that I feel like is worth talking about with them, which is like a pretty consistent issue, at least in the first three season, is... Seth's tendency to lie, which she eventually really does put her foot down with. The big lie, which like is a plot that goes on for several episodes, is lying about getting into Brown. At least by this point, I think this lie is better intentioned. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's excusable, but he's no longer lying for selfish reasons. He's truly lying because he's like, if I don't lie, Summer will not go to Brown. And that's the opportunity of a lifetime. And again, this is like the like neurotic, charming thing where we're like, oh, well, he lied for a good reason, but it's still not okay. It's the not trusting that Summer can handle the truth. Right. Even if it's more from a genuine place this time. mm -hmm. And like, granted, yeah, it's a super shitty situation that the one school that he always wanted to go to. Yeah. And again, is the one character that is most likely to get into the school that Right. Like, he's more likely to get into Brown than Summer than Ryan and Marissa getting into Berkeley. Berkeley. Like, come on. Okay. Please. Uh, yeah. Please. Uh, but then he, he kind of switches from playing the victim to playing the martyr. Mm, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Which is still not great. No. And, you know, he did work through his whole identity and couple identity crisis of not being... What if he's not the smart one? Yeah. Where he's like, I'm not better than you at everything. There's There was one, one thing, thing yeah. I was better at. Uh, but then, you know, he accepts it and he works through these insecurities and he does truly want what's best for Summer. But it is, yeah, it's just painful to watch how long he keeps this up. And the self-sabotage, the little like weed side plot. Oh my God. 
The OC is responsible for criminalizing marijuana. I am not kidding. They make it seem like the devil's drug. Yeah. I mean, I thought it was a really bad thing. But let's let's talk about how Seth and Summer move through the lying issue because I actually do feel like this ends up being one of the issues that is handled the best. Mm-hmm. It is due to Summer, the queen of communication, the queen of boundaries. Yep. She sets a very clear boundary. This is her kind of acknowledge me now or lose me forever, where she's like, if you lie to me again, I am done. You can't just promise me that you're done lying. I need you to figure out a way to prove it to me. And he's like, oh, can't you just believe me? Which again, <laughs> that's like the don't be mad at yeah, me. Yeah, that's like the don't be mad at me. He's like, well, I'm telling you. So like, why, why can't you just believe me? Right. But to his credit, he does figure out a way mm-hmm. to prove it to her and basically provides her with an emotional fail safe, which is the like, here's the list of all the bad things that I've done. If I lie again, give it to my parents. And I'm glad that this happens because I think Summer has forgiven him way too much. And we'll get into why she continues to come back to him in a minute. But I feel like for so many couples, it gets to the point where like words aren't enough anymore. Do something to show me that you have changed. Right, right. And it was it was the best way he could show up was that napkin. Yeah. Then with the brown thing, that is just it is so painful watching Summer try to recreate the coffee cart moment. I mean, truly heartbreaking because she's not putting herself out there in a Wonder Woman suit. Mm -hmm. She is just fully herself in a way that she thinks he's really going to appreciate. And watching Seth reject her is like that scene in Air Bud. Do you remember this? Where he's like, buddy, go. I don't love you anymore. Oh, I don't love you anymore. Yeah. (laughs) I feel like I'm going to cry right now. So to Seth's credit, with the napkin, with going to Brown and flying and trying to talk to the Dean of Admissions. Oh, yeah. He really mm-hmm. does go for it when he tries to win her back. Yeah, action-oriented. We love to see it. We we love to see it. Because he's not just like moody boy in his head pouting anymore. Exactly. He's like actually willing to take a risk, take a he's chance, make, make a change. change you what know? is that from? It's from uh, Kelly Clarkson's 2004 hit, Breakaway. That's so true. <laughs> Also, because when she actually does show the paper or leaves the napkin on Sandy's desk Mm -hmm. and they find it, Seth accepts accountability. Yeah, he does. That's true. That's a good point. He's not like, oh, whoa, dad, I don't know who put that there. (laughs) He's like, yeah, I did this. And even setting fire to that, he admits when he his weed causes the fire at the Newport group. Right. It takes him a beat, but I feel like that's pretty human. Yeah. And then he admits it. Yeah, exactly. It takes until the end of season three where and also when he watches his dad have that speech and have the moment Mm. of, oh, I've been acting like someone I'm not. And yeah, I'm going to own up to it. Yeah. Which, again, applause to Sandy Cohen for once again, showing us how to be a man, be a man. And then Seth has finally learns, oh, say what you mean and mean what you say. Yes. And that's just the journey that he's been on. Yes. This whole time. And because every time he is honest with Summer, when he does finally admit about Brown, she's like, oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, she can handle it. She can handle it. She's the strongest of all of them. Of course she can handle it. We love accountability. Oh. In men. Yeah, boundaries and accountability. (laughs) Nothing sexier. Truly. (laughs) So, I mean, for any relationship, but especially for a high school relationship, these are kind of a lot of 
um, as we've said, quirks and flaws. And in, I think, in so many relationships, fictional and non, some of these transgressions would be relationship enders, would be deal breakers, Mm -hmm. would be reasons to move on. So why don't Seth and Summer move on? There are people that you just keep coming back to and you can't help it. So how do you feel like we can know if we are in a Seth and Summer situation and this person is our boyfriend even when they're not our boyfriend? And that it's healthy and not and not something we should let go of. I think there are a few things we can like break it down to. And I think one is we see this the way we get like jealous and petty of other mm-hmm. relationships. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I don't think we're all doing that kind of obvious like pull somebody in, you know, closer to you when you see your ex at a bar because that's very TV drama. What we do do non-fictionally mm-hmm. is that we like include a guy in our Instagram story, even if we're not dating them, because we just want our crush to wonder. Mm -hmm. And then we go to our Finsta and we screenshot their story. And then we zoom in on the girl and do a reverse image search to try to figure out who she is. Right. Do we not all? Well, I do this. Great. Yeah. Yeah. I will confirm that (laughs) wholeheartedly. Uh, I recently this guy rejected me. And the next day I made my friend's boyfriend take a picture with me for my Instagram story. With my friend who was in the relationship with the guy choreographing the whole thing (laughs) to make it look like me and her boyfriend were a couple. That is the truest friendship. But also what you were talking about where they're talking about each other to their rebound relationships so much that it's a milestone when Summer and Zach have their first fight not about Cohen. Yes. And they're just, I don't know, I just feel like there are people you'll always have that type of connection with, like Mary and Jason on Selling Sunset. Uh, yep, I ship it. Right? Because <laughs> sorry, she Roman, has way Romaine. more sexual tension with him. Yes. So the second thing that I feel like we do when we have someone that is meant to stay in our lives mm-hmm. is that we it's impossible for us to avoid friendship. We go out of our way to keep them in our circle even when they shouldn't be or to like hold them up on, you know, to like hold them in high esteem, to talk about them, even when we shouldn't, we keep them in our lives when Mm -hmm. we want them to be in our lives. It is so easy to cut somebody out. Like if you really, really want to. Right, right. Because I feel like I'm half doing that right now. And like, turns out when you're ready to do it, it's like not as dramatic as you think it's going to be. That's so true. But when you have this narrative of like, oh, I couldn't possibly cut them out of your life, then you're not over it. Yeah, that's so true. Because even if you're in spaces where you're going to run into each other, there are ways that you can avoid it. Or avoid at least the drama of it. You know what I mean? Putting them back on Bumble, screenshotting it, (laughs) sending it to five friends, pacing around your apartment. Right. (laughs) Having your friends swipe frantically so that they can match with him and see what he does. Uh Mm -hmm. uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Being like, is this response directly aimed at me? Right. (laughs) Is all, is your entire profile a response (laughs) to me? But I think we see that Seth and Summer do this in that, There's no real reason for Summer to be involved in this comic book. Nope. There's no reason for Seth to be friends with Zach. Nope. It would be so easy to not put themselves in these situations where Seth has to draw her. Yep. But for both of them, she could have said, 
no, she could have said, draw, whatever. He drew Marissa just fine without Marissa modeling. Right. But they continue to, like, need to be in each other's lives. And I think when you do this with someone, there is a reason. Yeah. Yeah. I think this is the one time where it is more a little bit more on Summer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because she is in a relationship. She knows Seth still likes her. Yeah. And she still lets herself get involved in the comic book when it's not like she has a passion for it. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> you know, that's... But again, like, as much as we shat on the good guys last episode for keeping tabs on us, like, we, we do the same. Yeah, we do. It, it's just a matter of how you keep... How you keep the tabs in in feeling entitled to the tabs. Yes. Because I think good guys feel like entitled. You still owe me this information. Yes. Versus we, you know, that's why we have Finstas. We know how to do this. (laughs) And and we know that we're wrong for it. We know that we're crazy for doing this. I don't love checking your Venmo, but I'll do it. I won't be mad if your Venmo's private. I'll just be a little miffed, but I won't be like, how dare he make his Venmo private? (laughs) I mean, maybe I will, but then I'll be like, Megan. <laughs> right. But yeah, we can talk ourselves That's out of it. That's a crazy person. And then finally, I think, which like we alluded to, is just the yeah. constant bicker banter, TM, and the sexual tension <laughs> of it all. And you, I, I think I've, I've said this a little bit before, but I think you would have to be such an incredibly talented person. You would have to have just an extraordinary imaginary world a george lucas level imaginary world Mm -hmm. if you will to create sexual tension out of thin air Mm -hmm. because there is a difference between the fantasy like "Mm, i have a crush on you from afar i heard you on a podcast yeah i think we're meant for each other i uh, went down a whole hole where i stalked all of your tweets yeah nicholas braun i do think we're (laughs) meant for each other literally gonna say it's always nicholas braun (laughs) versus legitimate sexual tension between two people nose graze sexual tension between two people you bicker and you can still bicker because you still care because just like it's really easy to actually cut someone out of your life Mm -hmm. it's actually really easy to not bicker with somebody you just have to not care about them that's why there's no bicker banter when we like get catcalled or when somebody we don't care about makes a comment about us Uh, there it takes two to banter yes and, you know, there are some people you just fall into that banter flirtation with, and you might not even mean to, but especially if you weren't friends first, like you do, you feel the vibe. Yeah. I think there are some people where it just like, it's almost like word vomit. You're like, and all of a sudden I have the most brilliant quip I've ever come up with in my life back at you. Where did that come from? Oh, it's sexual tension. <laughs> yeah, that is true. Because I don't feel like I'm like a natural banter flirt. Yeah. I would say. Same. But once I find it with someone, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, this is just, it's easy. Yeah. You know, and, and you, you feel you feel the vibe. Yeah. That's chemistry, baby. That's yeah. organic chemistry. <laughs> the, you'd have to be psycho to imagine that energy. Exactly. Like, and, and some people are. That's but I think true. most of us are reasonable enough to know the difference. Exactly. And I think that vibe, sorry for saying vibe so much. I took <laughs> mushrooms this weekend, so it is uh, just so etched into my vocabulary now vibe and journey uh (laughs) but i think their whole energy between the two of them is almost more intimate than if they were Mm. still physically together yeah or physical touch even like their nose graze is a level of intimacy i have never known it's their sexiest scene on the show i agree it's an energy where i feel like in real life other people will pick up on 
and be like, right. what's going on between yeah, you two? Yeah, I know you know this. Yeah. And here's the thing. I had this with a friend, too, where you, you still know. Like, I, I was aware the whole time mm-hmm. that we were putting off couple energy. Yeah, right. Because you, you always know, because we're not, it's hard to ignore. Yeah, even when we're, like, talking about me setting you up with my friend. Mm-hmm. My friend is talking about, are you guys going to hook up? Right. Because that is what it looks like. Yeah. So there's a reason why people say you can cut sexual tension with a knife. It's never so subtle that you're like, can, am I imagining this? Right. If you think you're imagining it, you're not. Ladies. Ladies. You're not crazy. Ladies, you're not crazy. He ha- he's attracted to you. <laughs> yeah. That doesn't mean he's ready for a relationship. Yeah. Yeah. It- don't look too deeply into it. Right. That doesn't mean he's right for you. It just means you're not crazy. Don't let anyone tell you different. (laughs) Oh, so that being said, (laughs) we're going to go into kind of our final words of advice for someone Mm -hmm. who is in this imperfect relationship with all of these quote unquote quirks and flaws that keep coming back to this person. Because it's so easy for us to say to our friends that do this, that keep coming back to a person. Our quote unquote friends. Friends. (laughs) Uh, Because we all friends that we want to shake and say like, stop going back to that person. Or sometimes we want to like look in the mirror to ourselves. (laughs) Have a daily affirmation of do not text him. Stop thinking about him. Please do not get uh, get on Finsta and stalk his sister today. But (laughs) I think as some, in someone who has had every friend tell me like they're not worth it or you dodged Mm. a bullet etc etc about people in my life you really I fully believe this to my core you cannot get over somebody until you are ready so if you do keep getting sucked back to the same person again and again and again I will say most likely it's toxic yep yep the only time that it will not be if you are the Seth and Summer exception here's what I would like you to see in your relationship I think every time you come back to the same issue, there needs to be some improvement or growth. If you are coming back to the same issue again and again, and they are not approaching the issue any differently, fuck them. They're not learning at all, and they don't want to learn. Preach, sister. Why Seth has redeemed himself, because he now goes into conflict, assuming that there is blame for him to have, knowing that he has to apologize, and knowing how to take action to make up for what he's done. Yep. And I think you need to be able to set boundaries mm-hmm. and ultimatums of things you never want to see again. And they need to be able to rise to the occasion. Exactly. Because I think what Summer does so well always is she means the boundary. Yeah. It's not a tactic. It's not a, like a, it's not like a test. Yeah. Like, it's not like a, a secret manipulation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, she's doing it for herself and then waiting for Seth to meet her where she's at. Rather than going down to his level or even really like going down halfway. No. She does hashtag make him crawl. Yes, she does. And that's why she's a feminist queen. Um, And the last thing is that they have to want to change and they have to want to grow. And I think that's the really beautiful thing about Seth and Summer. Mm -hmm. We always say, I think it's really (laughs) rare to grow and change in a relationship, especially a long-term relationship, especially a young relationship at the same rate. And Seth and Summer go through some speed bumps because they do sometimes, you know, change at different rates. Mm -hmm. But 
they do grow. I feel like they grow up in the relationship and they do this because they are willing to work and change. Because there are Seths out there who never grow up. And there Mm -hmm. are Summers out there who never find their passions. And there are Seths who don't let Summer find and follow her passion, Mm -hmm. which we'll get into more next episode. But we do. We see them both evolve as people while still staying really true to themselves and just shedding these layers of immaturity and insecurity Mm -hmm. and learn to trust that it will work out if it's meant to be. That's really, I think, what season four is all about. Mm -hmm. But you're right. I think it's so rare for a couple to grow and evolve this much and stay together. They have this ability to see each other and take the other person off the pedestal, which is what I think makes it work versus just Gatsbying it the whole time, trying to pedal back to that damn lighthouse (laughs) and recreate the past. Getting back to that green light. (laughs) Yeah, don't, don't do that. You have to trust, I think, like if it's meant to be, that you'll create new memories. You don't have to rely on that one thing. You don't have to rely on the mermaid poem, Uh, even if that means not being together the whole time. Exactly. Which I honestly, I think in some ways you should not. I I agree. Be together the whole time. Breaks are good. I I totally agree. And my final note is just because you're in therapy doesn't mean you're working on yourself. Uh, uh Uh-huh. So actually work on yourself, which is what we see them do. Yeah take action Mm -hmm. if you can do that then you can grow in a relationship yeah it's just as easy as that (laughs) all right well that's all we have this episode next episode is all about is all about the growing up and the big kind of life decisions they make together and how we see all of the years of growth pay off but in the meantime you can find us on social media and let us know your thoughts on all of Seth and Summer's growth and how you and your relationship grew through some of these issues because it is possible. You don't always have to dump him. (laughs) And if you read the paper and or are political activists and or have big hands, (laughs) let us know. (laughs) And we will see you next week. All right, everyone, thank you so much for listening. This has been Talking Ship. We're here every Thursday. You can find us on Instagram at Talking Ship Podcast. Thank you to Kat Bellinfonte for being my co-host this season. You can find her on Instagram and Twitter. She's great on both. At Kat Bellinfonte, that's Kat with a K. You can find me at OnlyMegan815. That is Megan spelled the correct way with no H. Talking Ship is produced by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one network for professionals. So thank you to the whole team there for helping to make this show happen. Thank you to Chris Meisner for arranging our theme music. And if you're still listening, you must, you know, trust me a bit. So here's what I would like you to do. Please, please, please register to vote. Vote and vote early. Let's do this. VoteSaveAmerica.com has everything you need. So go do that, and then come back next week, and we'll talk ship about more fictional relationships. See you then.
thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.